Hello, it's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 143. And I'm all on my lonesome today. I, uh, yeah, everybody's gone. It's me, myself, and I. Well, I had my two rambunctious, naughty, mischievous hounds as well to keep me company. Uh, but my lovely daughter, who accompanied me on the podcast yesterday, as you know, their sassy selves have uh, left for a little bit. And I'll be seeing them again soon. But uh, here we're settling down to another podcast where it's just solely me in the podcast hammock. Uh, I like to see this as a sort of locomotive hurtling towards the holidays. But uh, alas, it's been like 215 days here in Colorado where we've had little snow. No snow, basically, which is unheard of, absolutely unheard of. So I would like it to be like a Polar Express, a sort of a podcast Polar Express shuffling its way through a snowdrift towards you and towards the holidays but uh, alas today there was somebody running without their shirt on yes some proud chap proud bro as uh, my daughter would say uh running along uh you know no moobage going on a six pack or maybe a six and a half pack pretty impressive stuff going on and it made me think you know what i am going to record the podcast today without a shirt on well just my trousers just my trousers because it's warm today yeah i don't want to put the air conditioning on so less clothes a little bit cooler now i did try and i highly recommend the mintia shower gel you can get the tingalia the shower gel you can get i tell you i tell you it is an absolute revelation it wipes away all the cobwebs. I know I said this before in the podcast, but this original source, minty nipple uh, shower gel, is an absolute... I, I've never seen anything like it. It's... it's. Uh, I think when... In the days when the Greek gods came up with wondrous things, you're creating different things, when Icarus thought he could fly and soared close to the sun before his waxy wings melted. I feel like when they invented this tingly shower gel, that I, I think it could you could do away with caffeine. I know you can get caffeinated shower gel now, or one that smells like you're in a coal mine or something where it's charcoal. It's good for the hair, apparently. Charcoal's good for the hair. And some say it's good for the stomach, but isn't it also a carcinogenic as well? It can give you cancer. It's like everything. You know, an apple a day keeps a doctor away, but don't swallow the core, you could choke. Um, that's, that's similar to what it is. But this tingly, minty nipple shampoo is the best ever. And I tell you, you don't even have to put the air kit. If it's a little bit warmer, shower in this minty shampoo. And then you can just sit around, uh, you know, in the all together, basically. And you've still got the tingling sensation. Like, I'm basically pre- presenting a podcast with that tingly sensation all over. Especially, without, you know, without a shirt on. I am a little bit worried that the hairy chest might muffle up the microphone, but you know what? It could potentially make everything sound that much better. I mean, it's almost like in an acoustic tunnel here with all this hair flailing around. You know, I'm still, like, suffering from Victoria pulling a back hair out yesterday. And it, you know, you probably have to go to the European Wax Centre when hair's sticking out of your sweater. That's probably the time to go and do it. But, um, yeah, so... I, I recommend it. If you if you have trouble, if you're if you're a, not a morning person, try this tingly minty nipple shampoo. I don't think that's what it's called, but it is a 
it's quite a find. I'm very, I'm very, very happy about that. So I'm uh, full of the beans, full of the joys of the holiday season coming up. And we're going to fit in as many podcasts as we can. Certainly two a week. We may chuck in three a week. Who knows? Uh, towards the holiday season, just to give you a bumper affair. If you're feeling a little bit down, a little bit, uh, a little bit emo depressed, as my daughter would say. You know, sad for the holiday season. A lot of you are very lonely this year. I would love to be your company for the holiday season across the airwaves, across the podcast waves, or whatever waves it is. I do feel like sometimes I'm surfing up a hundred foot wave doing this podcast. And then some days it's like still waters. It's amazing, really. Uh, some days it's very easy. Some days a lot, lot harder. But we have some of the usual features uh, coming along the way in the podcast today. Uh, and... Um, so settle down. I hope you've got, you know, if you people buy socks for Christmas, buy yourself a comfy, fluffy pair of socks right now today and enjoy it through the course of the holiday season. Nothing better than slipping on a fluffy pair of socks and that really fluffy Christmas blanket and settle down and uh, get warm, ready for an hour's worth of entertainment here. I think one needs a very gravelly voice for Christmas. So, you know, if you're listening to the musical edition of the podcast, it's basically like a chappy radio show, then uh, we had Chris Rea on. Now, Chris Rea has one of the graveliest voices ever. And also, you talk about late starters. Like, I always think, you know what? If you have a dream, you have a dream, and you want to pursue that dream, it doesn't matter how old you are. And Chris Rea was one of those singers that really started uh, recording music at quite a late age, I think close to 40. So you're never too old to start a passion. That's what it is. You just have to, you have to have the balls to do it, the cojones to go and do it. And that's what Chris Rea does. And also, yeah, it sounds like he smokes 60 a day. I don't think he does, but smoking is very, very bad for you. Very bad for the voice as well. You know, you get that smoky, that deep voice, but it's, it's awful for you. Um, but uh, he does sound very, very gravelly. And I don't think a lot of Americans have heard of Chris Rea. I highly recommend listening to Chris Rea. One of the best Christmas songs, Driving Home for Christmas. But, uh, yeah, we'll introduce you a little bit of Chris Rea. Even his stuff that wasn't, isn't specifically Christmas-related sounds like holiday. It sounds like that sort of warm, syrupy scotch or bourbon uh, that you need this time of year. And, uh, and, 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 that, and that's what he provides to, uh, to everybody listening to him. So, coming along the way in the podcast today, we have some more rubbish poker. So I like rummaging around in my uh, in my skip at New Tappy Towers. Not too much rummaging, obviously, because you don't want to come up with a like a used condom on the end of your nose or anything like that. But you know, just looking around, just the periphery of the skip and seeing what there is, and we have you know our front hand, our back hand, and we basically see what's going on in the skippage. And it truly is rubbish poker. Uh, we do have uh, another trumple trombone where we take some of the heinous headline crimes of the week and equate it to a raspberry trombone or a very, very stinky old uh, trump. Uh, that's basically uh, what we have in the podcast today. Plus, we have, uh, you know, some of the usual nonsense here. Some of the, some of the things that I, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing myself as a great philosopher. Like through the week, I see things happening, I think about it, I mull it over, and I put it on the podcast. Such as grabbing a vegan turkeyless roll at Trader Joe's. We'll be talking about that. Uh, also, we will be discussing my gravy-coated shows. My gravy-coated shows. Uh, my, my gravy-coated shoes. Shoes. Remember to allocate, Shoes. 
Uh, also, uh, how I eventually found some uh, blessed chestnuts. Blessed chestnuts. Also, I just, my daughters introduced me to apple juice bottles that crisp like apples. Yes, I tell you quality stuff here on the podcast. Apple bottles that crisp up like when you bite into it, like uh, like like a, like a normal apple would. Also, introducing to gift gobblers. Have you had a gift gobbler in your life? I will be explaining to you what a gift gobbler is coming along one away on the podcast. Very British problems will be making an appearance as well. How looking into a cup of tea can relieve all of your worries. Forget tea leaves. Forget reading tea leaves. If you look into a cup of tea, all your worries will be indeed cast away. You're going to have to forgive me today because I'm ready to indulge in the new Beatles uh, documentary. Basically, it's uh, Get Back, the Peter Jackson Beatles documentary. Uh, we'll be having that uh, over the course of the next few nights, I think. I'm going to be watching it very intently. I think it's like three or four hours uh, an episode. Um, maybe not as many. Maybe I'm exaggerating here. But really, really looking forward to uh, watching this uh, this Peter Jackson uh, masterpiece. And I've already started reading some things here. Basically, John Lennon decided to mime uh, throughout Let It Be on some of the recordings uh, of the show. I mean, they've taken like thousands and thousands of uh, hours of archive footage around the time the Beatles uh, split up, around the time of that famous uh, uh, concert at the top of the Apple building in Savile Row, Savile Row number three, I believe it was. And they're taking lots of extracts, lots of old footage, and really, you know, it, it retells the story. There was a lot of acrimony. I know George Harrison wasn't happy in the band, and I believe was the first to quit. But there's a lot of happiness and joy that still you know, after 10 years of being together was circulating around. So absolutely fascinated. So forgive me on the Spotify Musical Emporium Butler edition. There'll be a lot of Beatles tracks. Uh, uh, you know, we, we had some get back. We had across the universe. So uh, indulge yourself. If you like Beatles music, we'll be playing um, some of the uh, some of the digital remastered excerpts that just been released of uh, the Let It Be album just for you, the listener. Uh, so, you know, it'll be a little bit more Beatles indulgent today. But uh, I think it's like perfect sort of, you know, settling down with a nice glass of something, maybe a hot chocolate, some of those limp balls that I famously talk about all the time and settle down to this Beatles documentary. It's going to be absolutely, uh, absolutely mystifying, I believe, and very revealing. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. I've seen excerpts of it and I'm looking forward to very much indulging as one should do you should once you treat yourself over the course of the holiday season i think this get back get uh, get back beatles documentary is pure indulgent if you like documentaries you love the beatles it's something you can definitely immerse yourself in yesterday on the uh, dearest podcast i had my daughter guest guest hosting the show and uh, basically we're saying children say no to Brussels sprouts. Basically, whatever you put Brussels sprouts in, children will still not eat them. I may be wrong on this. She also introduced me to some bro greetings. She introduced me to uh, emo, uh, an emo alter ego, emo depressed, broken. That The kids are saying, I didn't know. I thought emo was a, uh, was a character from Sesame Street or a New Zealand uh, bird. Wasn't it the bird of New Zealand or something along those lines? So that's some of the things that we had along the way. 
uh, on the podcast yesterday, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 142. But today, so I decided last weekend, I think it might have been after I recorded the podcast last week, I decided to go up to Trader Joe's. And um, first of all, do love what a store. What a store Trader Joe's. Some stores you go in and they're in an absolute pain. And it's also like a sufferance. It's like, it's like Jesus in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights going to a grocery store this time of year. Some of them are absolutely awful. And the people walking around look as miserable as sin. But Trader Joe's has an essence of happiness about it. That's why I love going there. So got there right at the start, right as the store opened. And this is the whole thing. There's a huge supply chain problem at the moment. And it's only going to get worse with the uh, this new COVID variant or whatever. Um, but they only had 40 turkeys left the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And luckily I did grab a turkey. But there are a lot of people going there probably disappointed and annoyed. And I thought, you know what? I'm so turkeyed up at the moment. I'm so into the festive spirit. I so want myself a holiday sandwich. And I've been in search of the holiday sandwich. I think I talked about this for a long time. Basically, a turkey stuffing uh, cranberry sandwich. Maybe a little bit of cheese on there as well. Pressed into a panini. And I finally got to have it this weekend with some turkey leftovers. And pure homemade cranberry sauce. Absolutely delicious. But whilst I was in Trader Joe's, I saw this turkey roll. And anything that's slightly Wellington-like, you know, think of the beef Wellington or uh, a turkey Wellington or any of those things where it's basically wrapped in pastry. And I thought, oh my God, I mean, basically having like a food gasm at that point and thinking, I- I'm going to have to pick up this turkey roll. It's it basically a turkey rolled up uh, with pastry and inside a stuffing cranberry, a little bit of gravy, you know, perfect between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas or, or around that time of year. So he picked it up. And I, I don't think I've ever been more excited about something in my life. Like a turkey roll. Who would get excited about a turkey roll, chappy? But I was so enamored by this thing. And I got it home, unpacked it, and I realized I had picked up the uh, vegan turkeyless roll from Trader Joe's. I mean, I'm just wondering if I could go on the Nextdoor app and swap it. Do a modern day swap shop and swap my veganless or my turkeyless vegan roll uh, on next door and see if anybody's got to swap. You know, maybe a vegan who's got, who bought a turkey roll by accident and wants to swap it with my vegan turkeyless roll. I mean, that must be a thing, surely. I mean, I had the elation and then I had the sheer disappointment uh, once I got home. But you know what? Maybe I'm going to try and see if it's okay. It might be okay. It's got very, very good reviews. It's got phenomenal reviews, actually. So this is one of the reviews. Trader Joe's vegan turkeyless stuffed roast with gravy. Let me say upfront that I'm not a vegan, but I know that there are a ton of you out there uh, who are, and there's a lot of questions about fake meat for vegans. Trader Joe's has done a great job of catering to the vegans and vegetarians, and as it goes, there may be no surprise that they have some of the best non-meat meats I've ever seen. I've seen this fake turkey roast for the past few years, but I've never paid attention to it because I wasn't doing a blog at the time. I hear from others on the web that this year is a new formulation and even better than previous years. 
So this review was originally for the old version, but the only difference is that they've added an appetizing looking breading. The guts of the roast gravy are still the same. The price is still $12.99. In the package, you get a turculous roast and a whole mess of gravy. The roast is stuffed with a fairly standard type of stuffing that you'd have at Thanksgiving, bread, onion, celery, wild rice, spices, oil, uh, so it's on. The roast itself is a combination of soy, wheat, gluten, potato starch, oil, ancient grain flour, I mean, is that the sort of stuff that Indiana Jones found? Did he, is he the finder? Did he discover ancient grain flour? And then the rest is basically seasonings and binders. The box looks pretty appetizing and it almost has, and you can see the texture of the fake turkey flesh. Also, the picture looks very similar to what you get on the box. The only negative is that the roast looks like a little machine made, it came out of a mold. So I followed the directions to the letter for the oven baked. It was roasting there. Really nice aroma coming from the oven. When the timer went off, I heated up some gravy that came in a separate pouch. They did give you a lot of gravy, 40 ounces, 40 ounces of gravy. Then put it on the plate, spoon the gravy over it. I did taste the gravy on its own and it was okay. Nothing to write home about. You could probably fiddle and jazz up the gravy a little bit. Uh, but, the, but the key to the turkeyless roast, it came out of the box. You don't want too many modifications here. I thought the flavor was very near that of a roasted turkey, of course, without the real turkey flavor. The texture is also fairly close to turkey. Not very much rubberiness. Uh, the downside was the stuffing. The stuffing was a little bit crunchy uh, for my taste and didn't taste stuffing, stuffing like enough. Well, at least, at least the turkey meat was fine. But the thing is, what I don't understand is why why do these sort of vegan creations try to emanate what meat tastes like? Surely you're trying to, if you're a vegan, escape the taste of meat. Get away from the taste of meat. Don't be reminded about the taste of meat. But they make everything, they make everything shaped like a sausage. They make everything look like, you know, taste like maybe turkey or a piece of steak or that texture. You know, when they give mushrooms as, oh, delicious, uh, delicious, meaty, steaky, beefy like texture to the mushroom. Well, surely if you're eating a mushroom, you don't want it to taste like steak because you're trying to escape from the meat. You're trying to escape. You're trying to shadaddle away from the meat rather than want to taste it. But, you know, maybe there's people out there who just want a guilt-free sort of meaty taste in their mouth. That could be it. But I'm going to give it a go, people. I'm going to try this turkulous roll and I'm going to report back to you what I think over the coming weeks. I don't know when I'm going to have it might be something to have in a weeknight you know, it looks like it's probably put two nights worth of uh, maybe leftovers there and i'll let you know what i feel what i think about this turkulous roast coming up soon will it be meaty enough for me what will the stuffing be like because i like my stuffing very stuffing in the year that's how i like it that's sagey i want it sagey and i want i don't want it too crispy like a little bit moist so model Chris Galera married herself in a formal ceremony in September of this year, but now she's decided to part ways with her solo marriage after falling in love with somebody else. A woman who made headlines earlier this year by marrying herself is now heading for divorce after confessing that she's met somebody. Chris Galera grew tired of relying on men, so decided to marry herself in a formal ceremony held in September of this year. The 33-year-old model insisted she wasn't disappointed not to have a groom and instead was embracing going it alone. But it wasn't meant to be, and 90 days later, she decided to divorce herself. 
Fortunately for Chris, who hails from Sao Paulo in Brazil, she met somebody special and has even started to fall in love despite vowing to go solo. I was happy while it lasted, she added. I just started to believe in love the moment I met somebody else special, though. Taking myself back to September about marrying herself, I reached a point where I matured. I realized that, that I'm a strong and determined woman. I was always afraid of being alone, but realized that I needed to learn to feel good about myself. When that happened, I decided to celebrate it. On her wedding day, Chris could be shown showing off her tattoos in a stunning plunging white dress, posing outside a Catholic church in the native Brazil. She was happily posed for pictures on her wedding day in front of the Catholic church in Sao Paulo. Reflecting on an impressive outfit at the time, Chris said, I wanted to highlight my best feature, my breasts, so I wore a killer necklace. However, while Chris felt fantastic on a big day, she started receiving lots of troll and hateful comments. People's opinion will not change what I think or will add to anything at all. So I'm glad she found happiness eventually away from her narcissistic self. And she's actually found somebody to share. And now she can have a proper wedding list with proper wedding presents and, and everything else. I mean, do you think she had to give a, a speech as the quasi-groom and quasi-bride? I mean, how did this even work? I mean, who walked her down the, uh, who walked her down the aisle? Was it a pet pooch or something? Or was it a dad? I mean, how non-traditional was this wedding when she did marry herself in that sort of narcissistic fashion? To love, honor, and obey yourself. That's basically the narcissist code, isn't it? So anyway, hats off to her. She's uh, She can maybe go back to the chapel of love, but this time with a partner in tow. Very British Problems released a stage eight in the whole British problem scenario. And stage eight is bloody livered. I am calm, the Brit will scream into the sky before ripping off their jacket, screwing it into a ball and throwing it into the nearest fire. They might wrench the telly off the wall or randomly start clearing full plates of hot food into the bin. They'll attempt to slam the door that's designed to close gently, making them even more angry. And then they'll go and sit in the car for no reason before coming back inside again so are you a terrible person and decides fairly often if you get a gift you don't like at christmas time to re-gift it to wrap it up again and make it new and hope that the party who gave you the gift originally and the party you're giving to the gift now don't meet up and say i gave that to a dear old chappy and uh yes uh, oh it's got the sticker on it it was from jared's and uh mm. Yeah. Yes, I think we've all done that before. An old pair of socks that probably wasn't garish enough for you. Or uh, maybe a tie that looked a little bit like it was from the 1970s. Or perhaps it was a box of chocolate that was basically the coffee creams and none of the nutty, nutty, joyous, nutty flavors that you normally like. Anyway, so I have the ultimate. I give you the ultimate. So probably about 10 or 15 years ago, I uh, attended a Friendsgiving before Friendsgivings became even popular, probably in about 2000 and, uh, 2003, 2002, 2003. And I was uh, with a, uh, it was a party, basically with a bunch of flight attendants and uh, dear Uncle Jim was there. I mean, you'd think like a party full of flight attendants would be a rather, rather fun. Tales of the Mile High Club, 
tales of what you slip into the gin and tonic instead of a lime. I mean, all of those different things. But there's a couple couple of folks there who uh, decided that um, they would bring along that, basically that fruit salad that's in like this pistachio looking jelly. I mean, it looks like the sort of thing that would be dripping off a Martian, basically. You see a Martian come out of the spacecraft, all green, gooey, dripping off would be this pistachio pudding jelly, whatever it is. I like my fruit salads fresh. Do not put a can of fruit near my fruit salad, my American friends. That I mean, I love living in America, but the, the fruit salad in jelly or jello, whatever you want to call it, is an abomination. And especially this pistachio pudding that became popular in the 1950s. But you bring this to a party, first of all, you know, where there's some fine cooking. I know how to roast a bird very well. Uh, Jimbo's, Jimbo's wife or girlfriend at the time, fantastic cook. So these friends decided to bring this, uh, this fruit salad that's not a true fruit salad. You know, anytime you have like a glacier cherry in there, it's not a fruit salad. Anyway, they brought this along and uh, decided that this was what they were going to bring along for their potluck. Well, it's a pot unluck in, in, in this case, whenever anybody brings this fruit salad along. So they brought it along and, you know, wine was consumed, beer was consumed, champagne, all the rest. Everybody had a fun time, full, full, gluttonous full, full to the brim. And, you know, everybody decided to go home. But these group of ladies decided to take their awful fruit salad, their faux fruit salad with this green gunge on it. It looked like it came from Noel's House Party's gunge tank from the 1990s. And they took it home with them. So first they brought an inferior dish to the Thanksgiving parade, and then they decided to take it back again at the end. And I thought, this is never going to happen again. This is what I would like to call this year, and we're going to look into it, and we're going to pinpoint people who do it this year. It's gift gobbling. Gift gobbling. It can be food, it can be gifts, it can be uh, booze, where people come along, and at the end of the evening, where some, everybody's slightly worse away and very tired, they, don't, they think people don't notice, but I tell you, I've got laser-like focus here. I have the eyes of a hawk. You, it's people who take their gifts or their, uh, their offerings that they bring home with them. It's gift gobbling. And I thought, I'd never see this again at any party. But the other day, somebody brought a nice, uh, you know, a nice bottle of eggnog. I thought, well, you know, oh my God, that's going to get me into the holiday spirit. Some boozy eggnog, boozy creamy eggnog will warm away a Thanksgiving night. You know, get me into the mood for the holiday spirit. And by gosh, by golly, did they bring it along and at the end of the party, take it back home. Oh, I'll, oh no, I'll bring that out for Christmas. No, you won't. You're going to drink it in the meantime. You're not going to bring it back for Christmas. You're going to booze it up yourself. This, ladies and gentlemen, are gift gobblers. They giveth and they taketh away. Okay, so welcome to another session, another game of rubbish poker, where we go to Chappie Skip outside of, outside of Chappie Towers. There's a skip, and there's always some very interesting objects. I'm not a skip. I don't dive into the skip. I'm not a skip surfer, but uh, I like to see what rubbish people have laid out. And we outline to you in a game of poker 
our best, uh, the best things we see in Chappie Skip this week. The skip outside of Chappie Towers. And okay, so this week we have our front end on our back end. Will we get a royal flush this week? Who knows? I said a royal flush, not royal flush, where you need some ointment and you don't want any of that. But anyway, so your royal flush this week, possibly, 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 possibly. But we have our front hand, for our front hand that we have in our game of poker. And I want to present to you, we had a turkey carcass. And one might say, well, you know, there's turkey carcass at Thanksgiving. That's not that special, chappy. Why would you use that in your first hand of poker? Well, next to the turkey carcass was what I think in my untrained eye, I was country born, country bumpkin born, but what looked like a carcass of a partridge. There was no pear tree around, but we had a carcass partridge or partridge carcass uh, resting against the turkey carcass. I tell you something, you know, if you had that in your front hand of poker, you'd be pretty happy. A turkey carcass and what I think was, I don't think it was a game hand, it was slightly bigger than a game hand, Cornish game hand, it was a partridge carcass. Yes, but uh, yeah, with the turkey carcass and the partridge carcass, yeah, that's not the winning poker hand this week in our uh, game of rubbish poker. Our winning hand this week on rubbish poker, we had a very, very inappropriate nativity scene. We had a shepherd's uh, basically uh, getting a little bit too close to a sheep's behind. Yes, inappropriate nativity scene as our backhand in our poker game. I would think that's a royal flush. I mean, if you get too close to a sheep's behind, you might need some ointment. Uh, yes, you don't want that. I don't know if it was a shepherd's or might have been one of the wise men, but you think if you're a wise man, if a, wi a wise man or anybody of any intelligence wouldn't go anywhere near a sheep's behind. But there we go. That is basically is basically is our game of rubbish poker this week. Our front hand was a lovely turkey, turkey carcass and a partridge carcass. But ladies and gentlemen, our royal, our royal flush, our winner, winner, chicken dinner or turkey dinner in this case is a very inappropriate nativity scene. I thank you. I do love uh, Richard Coles' Twitter, the Reverend Richard Coles' Twitter. And he always gives a very interesting, uh, you know, on the day, what happened this day? Whose birthday is it? But he gives the Saints' Day, or this is the feast day of, etc., etc., etc. So today, this is in the week, that it was the feast of Edmund King and Martyr, executed by Ivor the Boneless. I mean, I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be little. I wouldn't be scared at all. I wouldn't be shaking in my britches or my chainmail with Ivor the Boneless. But he was executed by Ivor the Boneless in Suffolk in 869. This is came this week. His relics are in the care of the Duke of Norfolk, awaiting verification since 1901. After a letter in the Times questioned their authenticity, he, Edmund King and Martyr, the Feast of Edmund, he is the patron of pandemics believe it or not oh yes an extended edition of trump or trombone so an in-flight message revealed that cabin crew had asked a woman to stop breastfeeding her cat but she refused it isn't the first bizarre animal incident the airline had to deal with shocked airline uh, passengers reportedly watched in horror as a woman started to breastfeed her cat on board a flight the bizarre news came from a message from delta air flight dl1360 to atlanta seemingly from the crew suggesting that the woman was refusing to stop she was doing 
the reporting system message read, Wreck Redcoat meet AX Pax passenger in seat 13A is breastfeeding a cat and will not be put the cat back in its carrier, the flight attendant requested. Uh, suggested that the pilot had a member of the Delta Redcoat team meet the passenger after landing and ask if it was full fat or skim milk you're giving the cat because you don't want to give cat too much richness in its tummy be absolutely awful somebody just texted me this uh so yes it was basically a woman uh breastfeeding a cat the american airline has been forced to tighten its regulations well keep the bra tight as well and not let the woman breastfeed the cat that's probably best i mean absolutely awful really seeing that sort of going on on a plane there and I mean, what sort of thing would that happen with the turbulence? I mean, would the milk curdle with turbulence? I just don't know. Anyway, in this case, a woman uh, basically breastfeeding a cat. That's a case of cat, nip, all. And a woman married a cow after it kissed her and claims it was a husband reincarnated. A cow currently lives in Kim Hong's one-story house where she puts it to sleep on the same pillars that were used by her departed husband who died the previous year. I mean, just imagine, I mean, if these stories were confused and you basically had a, a cow sitting next to a woman on the aeroplane and the woman was breastfeeding the cow. I mean, that could all cause all sorts of uh, nipple rash or udder rash or it could be the other cow or the other woman. I mean, it could be so, so, so confusing. I tell you. But anyway, the, the apparently a woman uh, was kissed by a, a cow and married it and felt it was her dear departed husband but you have to remember a cow is for life not just for moo ridge and a study has found that a species of bee has acquired a taste for meat as it is discovered to eat dead bodies with the mentality of a vulture rather than a bee the bees in question are classed as tropical and are believed to be the first of their species in the world to use a different food source other than plants. It's believed that the meat-eating bee is from Tragona, family of stingless bees that can also be found in Costa Rica. There are the bees in the world that have evolved to use food sources not produced by plants, which is a pretty remarkable change in dietary habits. It's like magpies and uh, birds eating meat that aren't birds of prey. I mean, these are weird, like eating roadkill, basically. Oh, how things have evolved here. That's a true sting in a very scientific tale. A woman has been arrested after allegedly strolling into a nursing home, stripping naked and giving some resident lap dancers. The bizarre incident reported by Florida News reports that 35-year-old Heather Cruz was arrested by police as she walked into the Citrus Country residence undressed and started hugging people. She reportedly entered for a side door and then started removing her clothes, exposing herself. She grabbed and hugged the owner. Uh, she, uh, police say that she was asked to stop, but she sat on the laps of two 65-year-old male residents whilst being naked. You like it, she said to one of the victims. I mean, you could give the poor chaps a heart attack, for God's sake. They probably haven't seen anything like that since uh, since the 1950s or maybe even the Depression. Who knows? Well, they certainly weren't depressed after seeing it. Uh, well, you know, one would, uh, one would think, uh, I would say so anyway. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that really would be uh, a wake-up call, wouldn't it? Uh, a wake-up call for all the old residents and uh, basically... Uh, you know, and we are calling out uh, number 69 in our game of strip bingo. 
an elderly man has been accused of having unnatural sex with a goat and could be sentenced to whipping. 60-year-old widower Shari Hassan has been uh, near Rawang in Malaysia was charged after allegedly committing the sick act on July the 27th. He has faced up to 20 years in prison as well as a hefty fine or a brutal whipping. I mean, they always do say that goats will eat almost anything. Finally, a bodybuilder takes a second sex doll wife on a lavish honeymoon after the first one broke. You always need to remember to bring along a puncher repair kit. So I think you, the Keep Calm Color Flower Cheese listener, realise that my absolute sort of hatred of fruit pies, well not hatred, but I'm not a big fan, but I want to introduce you and give you the encyclopedic knowledge of basically the crisp or the crumble. The crisp or the crumble. And there's a whole illustrated version of this online. Now, I've never heard of a brown betty before, but a brown betty is apparently sweetened fruit baked with layers of bread, crumbs and butter. That's your brown betty. Your buckle, your buckle is a thick cake batter poured over the top of the fruit. The cobbler, it's an old load of old cobblers. Ah. Is your biscuit dough dolloped over fruit to resemble cobblestones? That's the cobbler. The crisp. The crisp is fruit baked under a crunchy, strudel-like topping which often contains oats. The crumble is an oat-free streusel baked over fruit. The slump or grunt I mean, that sounds like the lady, what she was doing when she was spinning around the pole in the old people's home, is fruit cooked beneath dollops of soft dumpling dough that slump under heat. It's also apparently a uh, sexual position for slightly rotund people. The slump or grunt is basically cooked beneath dollops of soft dumpling dough that slumps under the heat. Yeah, and you don't want any slumping under the heat or any soggy bottoms. The uh, pandowdy is a pie dough or bread that is pressed into fruit as it bakes. And ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the sonka. The sonka. It sounds like something in Australia. Ah, oh, good eh, mate? That's a real sonka. Is syrupy cooked fruit baked under a pancake batter. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you an encyclopedia of crumbles and indeed it's been absolutely lovely having you here for the podcast. Thank you very much for joining me on this Sunday edition. It's a more sort of religious experience, I think, the podcast on a Sunday. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed. I hope it eases you into your week here. So if you like the podcast without music, then you can listen to Apple. Uh, you can There's a Spotify edition without music. There's also on uh, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, iHeartRadio, across all of the usual platforms. You can just have me rabbiting on for about an hour uh, in traditional form. And uh, that's your podcast. But if you like music and if you like some Beatles, and we have plenty of Beatles in today's show uh, in celebration of the Get Back documentary uh, that's uh, just been uh, just been released on uh, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, then uh, then enjoy it, indulge, because we also have some Chris Rear, Beatles, as I mentioned. We have uh, a little bit of uh, Elton John. We have some Lauren Hill. We have some Wizard. We have some Al Stewart. Uh, we also have a little bit of Beyonce. Uh, she's meandering around the podcast today as well. And some Snoop Dogg. So if you like your music, a little bit of Christmas music scattered in there to get you into the holiday spirit, then the Musical Emporium edition of the show on Spotify is what you need to be listening to. 
I mean, as I was cooking this week, and as I was making a white chocolate uh, bread pudding, and I was stirring the chocolatey creamy mixture, I could hear through the velvety goodness, the dulcet velvety tones of your dear host champion on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. You can absolutely listen to it everywhere. And coming up next, we do have a special December poem for you. This is by Joseph Heron, December. Child of the grand old winter, December floateth by, and the ground without is bare and white as the moon in the cloudless sky. The wind blows cold and dreary across the whitened plain, and we see the oaks with their branches bare through the frost and the window pane. But within where the yule logs burning, each heart is happy and gay, for the loving prince of earth and heaven was born on Christmas Day. Then hail, grand old December, we welcome you once more for the memory sweet of a night you bring that came in the days of yore. It's been absolutely sumptuous having you here on the podcast today. Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese will return again traditionally on the Friday, and I look forward to having you uh, then. I know a lot of people are suffering a little bit of snow in the UK at the moment, so keep warm, keep the flyers burning, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Until then, have a lovely one. Cheerio.